Welcome to another week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band, where we talk about two artists whose names sound similar, but the music sounds very different. This week, we're talking about Kate Bush, the rock band. I am Jared. Caleb. This is Tyler. I got tripped up. Oh boy. I got tripped That's up. That's why I guys. like going last. I can never I don't never get confused. That's right. So it's uh shall we? This is a trilogy, a, a three peat a three a three member team this week. And perhaps for all weeks going forward, Dax has indefinitely decided to step away from both Record Roundtable and Good Band Bad Band. And really we're all better off. I'm just kidding. Oh I'm, just kidding. Wow. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh I'm just kidding. Oh my. I'm just kidding. All right. But yeah, so you you will notice a uh, significant lack of Dax. Hopefully any of our listeners who were listening purely for Dax yes. will not leave us. We yeah. will we will uh make it where you want to stay. Well, let's hope. Wow. All right. Let's talk about some Kate Bush. Yes. Kate Bush uh from the United Kingdom. She is a woman. She is wow. quite the woman, really. Oh, yes. Jared. You really let off with the uh, the biggest impressive fact about her, honestly. Yeah, you really did it. I mean, she her the fact that she is a woman is uh, incredibly important to her story because she's like truly one of the most influential women in music history. She's also one of the best-selling artists in the UK history. Yeah, she's like, like the man, first... It doesn't matter, like, band, anything else. Like, it's like her... Beatles and Elvis, like that's the three in the UK, right? That are the best selling, and it's like pretty insane. Yeah, it's a it's a case that she is um, one of the only artists ever to in the UK have a uh, top, I think top ten album. Yes, top ten album in five consecutive decades: hmm. 70, 80, 90, 2000, 2010, All of those decades. Yep. She had a number it, it, within the top ten, and many number ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hounds of Love, I know was. I know that um, the Dreaming was not. The Dreaming was one of her least popular albums, even though arguably it's become one of her more popular ones mm-hmm. over time. But it's one of her like lowest selling albums. Mm-hmm. But she, I mean, she exploded like right out of the gate. As a yes. young artist. It's insane because I looked her first single, uh, Wuthering Heights, mm-hmm. which is based on a book, correct? Yes. Uh, well, that's the same name. As she book. saw the film initially mm. and then decided that before she could write the song, she had to read the book. That's a good idea. That's smart. But uh, So that was on her debut album, and she wanted that to be the lead single. And the record label wanted it to be another song that was like a more rock song. Mm-hmm. I don't, do you remember what the song was? I can't remember. I don't remember which song it was, but I do know you're correct. So she kind of fought with the label on her debut album as like an 18-year-old. Yeah. and Actually, won- I think she was 17 when they and, recorded that. And one I, think out- it was, I believe she was 19. Okay. She, she was a, at a young age. Before 20. Yes. We know she was before, before 20. Before 20, everybody. Be- <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. B... <laughs> 420. Yeah, that's right. It's new lifestyle. <laughs> Be it. So um, she that song was the single. She won out in that debate, 
and it came out as the n- number one song in the UK. Hit yeah. number one. And it is, uh, up to this point, her only number one song in the UK, which is incredible too, right. to have your debut song as your number one and never have another number one hit. Right. And also be... Like, cause that happens a lot. That's a one hit wonder kind of thing. And like, sometimes you have one hit and it's your first hit and then nothing ever again. Right. But she had other hits up to that, you know, like for the last, I think she had like 40 hits in the UK, but, um, but yeah, it's crazy. It's pretty weird. It is, it is quite, quite the thing. And it, I mean, it's a, it's a song that deserves it. It's a very, very good song for being so young Mm -hmm. and just having started making a career in music. She is very bizarre. Very. Her singing style is very strange, similar to that of like a Bjork and also a Fiona Apple, mm-hmm. and kind of like some of the inflections of the vo- voice and artistry and, and, and such. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I think that the first song I uh, ever knew of, of by her was the song we played, uh, Running Up the Hill, but a cover by the band Placebo. I did not know they were doing a cover. I was watching uh, probably MTV or something like that, and I saw the music video for it. And I'm like, oh, this is a pretty good song. And then I kind of looked into it more and, and saw it was a cover by of Kate Bush, who I did not know. And then um, another song that I knew based on a cover of hers is the song This Woman's Work, which was covered by Maxwell in 1997, I believe, on his MTV Unplugged performance. And uh, it, they like both songs. Both it looks of, like the album was released in 2001. Yeah, he re recorded it, like the actual album version. Right. But the live version is better because he's able to do all kinds of crazy stuff live vocally, which is amazing. I don't know who Maxwell is. Like, I don't know him. Right. But like, I just know that like that version of that song is like one of the best performances live of like almost any song, and l- let alone an MTV Unplugged, which is, you know, Nirvana is probably the most prominent, uh, I believe. Allison Chains had a pretty popular one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and didn't Clapton do it or no? Something like that. Something somebody like Jane's Addiction. They did one too. I believe oh so, but I can't remember. It oh seems reasonable that they would. But like Mac, like Maxwell is an, an interesting pick for an MTV Unplugged. But um, it that just I don't know. I was watching a YouTube video of like them talking about it, and all the comments were like. Oh, this person did it better. Oh, this person did it better. This version's better. Whatever. And everyone's like, they're two completely different versions of the song. And without the original, obviously, he never would have this version. And he, it's an homage to her, you know. And probably what happened was somebody was like, "Hey, I think you do really well with this song." And then he covered it, and it was they were right. But did you listen to that in the playlist? A little bit. It's pretty good. Did you know it before this week? No. No, I hadn't seen it. Caleb, you didn't know it either. No, I didn't know that that was a song from... Because, I I mean, yeah, I I had never heard of Maxwell. Yeah. I was unfamiliar with him completely, but it is a good cover. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, like, it stays true to the song, but also does something different, and that's kind of what you want in a cover anyway. So let's play that cover really quick.
He could have changed it, you know, the lyrics to this man's work, and then that would have been awful. There you go. That would have been an awful idea. It stepped with the Beatles and all that. <laughs> it's Not di- doing it. It's difficult to take on a female-led song as a male artist to begin with, mm-hmm. but when that artist is Kate Bush, it becomes astronomically harder. Yeah. yeah. Well, if anyone could do it, it's Maxwell. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, supposedly, Maxwell, along with... Erica Badu and D'Angelo mm-hmm. are no have been credited with helping to shape what has been termed the neo soul movement that rose to prominence during the late nineties. So hey, there, there you go. go. Oh. He's a part of that. Maxwell's a part of that. So you there you right. go. You like those other two people? Uh, yes. Yeah. So there you go. Well, we love Maxwell here. <laughs> That's right. We are a podcast of Maxwell. He lovers. sits just below Weird Al and Tiny Tim for me. So oh man! Watch out. Whoa, slow down yes. there. Oh my! Slow down there. She is. Quite the eclectic character, though. Yes. Just in general. Nope. She's like uh, quite the recluse. Mm-hmm. She's, I mean, there's really no way around it. She's a super artsy fartsy person. Yeah. There's a lot of like literary and theatrical like bits to her, like lyricism. Uh, there's a lot of like, like, are you familiar with like the story of Hounds of Love, the nope. album? Nope. So Hounds of Love is an album that's like kind of a two-part album, basically. So the first part of the album are like these five massive art pop hits. Like all of them did really well. Like uh, Cloud Busting, Running Up That Hill are, you know, two of them, but the rest of those five songs really all did well as well. And then the next set of songs on it are a concept of a, like a person who got like stranded out in sea and they're drowning and they like they pass away and then they're like kind of floating up in the air like like looking at themselves thinking about how no one remembers them and then they get rescued before like they come back and they get rescued and like it's this whole like elaborate thing with like whale sounds and like traditional irish folk music and like there's so much going on on that album that it is just insane but, like, that's just the kind of person that she is as an artist in terms of, like, she, I mean, she's a pop, she's a pop artist for sure, but she's so much more than just a pop artist in so many ways. Like, her use of the synthesizer and the kinds of things that she blends into her, like, her palette are just insane for being someone who came out of, like, the 70s, 80s time period. And, um, like she, there's just a lot more to her as a pop artist. And that wasn't really what, I mean, that wasn't just what pop artists, but like female pop artists were not really expected to be as experimental or creative or anything like within those bounds. And she produced her own music. She wrote her own music. Like she really kind of did everything for what she did. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot of praise that I could lump onto Kate Bush as an artist. I appreciate her quite a bit. Yep. So you want to play a game I, I created, Tyler? Okay, I, fine. I haven't told Tyler this, so I'm, I'm, this is a surprise. Yeah. I'll try and make it uh, make sense because some things were, you know, whatever. This is a game I, I made called uh, "Which Bush Is It?" Oh boy. Okay. So here we go. Uh, which uh, person was discovered? At the age of 11, by David Gilmore of Pink Floyd. 
I, I know this one, so I I'm not gonna say what it, how we answer. What it, what, what are we? What bushes either, are we choosing between? It's either Kate Bush or the band Bush. It's, well, it's or, Kate. It's Kate Bush. It's Kate Bush. That's right. It ding is ding. Yeah, it could be Gavin Rousdale, the lead singer too. So I don't want to. So be, see, that's why I was sorry. wondering what you were, how okay. you were. Yeah, sorry. If, uh, to to bridge into that a little bit, a conversation was he discovered her because I was watching a documentary on Kate Bush. He discovered her and then came to her house and oh she showed him like wasn't she like thirteen? She was very young. Oh my! She was very young. He came. This like, wasn't Ted Nugent. Oh Thank boy. goodness for that. The Tugent. Yep. He um he like came. She showed him like forty to fifty songs, and he's like, I I've got to do something with this artist. She like, mm. uh, he I think that he paid for a lot of her debut album, like to record the songs for the demo, that would then you know go into her later work. So. Mm. Okay. There's some details about that that are Thank you. That You're welcome. good. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. Who had dinner with Big Boy from Outcast? Ooh, I'm going to say Kate Bush. It is Kate Bush. <laughs> wow. Because you I know think... how much Big Boy loves Kate Bush? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He's in her like top two. Oh, really? Yeah. He loves her so much. Well, it <laughs> looks like she didn't quite make it to Andre. You know who, <laughs> you know who also likes Kate Bush? Who? Who is the current prime minister of the UK? Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson oh boy. was asked who his top five most influential women in the world were. Yes. And he was torn between three women, one of them being a former queen. Mm. And Freddie he, Mercury. No, not oh. Freddie Mercury. That's who it was. <laughs> no. How did you know, Jerry? And he picked Kate Bush as the oh. number five most influential woman of all time. Which of the artists has an album produced by... Steve Albini. That's Bush. It's gonna be Bush. That's Bush. That's yeah. right. Bush. From their from their album, Razorblade Suitcase. People gave them shit for that because yeah, they um, were like, You're you're just being Nirvana now. You're mm. actively being Nirvana. Speaking of probably being, their uh, best album. Nirvana now. Be um, this isn't even gonna be a trivia question. This is gonna be a factoid. No, no, make it a trivia question. All right. I know yeah, what you're gonna say. One. Which uh between the, the two choices? Uh, dated Courtney Love between 1995 and 1996. Bush. Yeah, Gavin Rosdale's the answer. Gavin Rosdale. Well, who did he date other than that? He. Hold on a second here. Okay, fine. Courtney Love said, everyone gave me so much shit because Gavin sounded a lot like Kurt. Yeah, you think? Interesting. I don't wow, know Courtney. about this. I don't know. Absent mind. We're bridging the bushes. That's right. Uh, who uh, was accused of doing 9-11? <laughs> Oh, wait, no, that's... <laughs> I actually was sitting there thinking, was that Kate Bush or the was that Gavin Rossdale? It's still Bush. Yeah, it is know. still Bush. It's, the answer is Bush. Okay. That's so funny. it kind Jet of works. fuel doesn't burn steel. Who was accused of having a uh, um, relationship with someone no, uh, known as Marilyn in the 1980s? Kate, Kate Bush. No. That is that is Gavin Rosdale. Gavin, Gavin Rosdale was accused by uh, Boy George in his autobiography, Take It Like a Man. Uh, he wrote that Gavin Rosdale had a homosexual relationship with Peter Robinson, who was also known as uh, an artist named Marilyn. And uh, later, Gavin Rosdale, after saying that is not true and that Boy George just wanted to Capitalize on his name. Yeah, well, just sell uh, books, basically. Which Boy George is a better, is a more well-known name than Gavin. Yeah, Rosdale why would you have is. to use Gavin Rosdale to sell books? I don't know. 
well, I guess he, Boy George called out a lot of people, and Gavin Rossdale's like, yeah, I saw that he like said all kinds of stuff about a lot of people. So I guess if my name could help you sell books, but several years later, Gavin Rossdale came out and said. Yes, that was the time in my life that it was a, like a growing experimentation. Yes. And the guy, Marilyn. Uh, who, so it was true, and then he acted like it wasn't? Yes. yes. Wow, he totally destroyed Boy George for no reason? <laughs> yeah. It's rude. How rude of you, And Boy George is trying to sell books. I don't know what Marilyn said. That must be the reason that Gwen Stefani dumped him. Hey, Marilyn said that uh, Gavin Rosdale was the love of his life. And so he he had, uh, like, a, he wrote a song about him. And then he also, for a single, put a picture that he had of him and Gavin Rosdale on the uh, cover of the oh single. Oh, my gosh. So it was like, oh, I never was with that guy. And then there was them shirtless or whatever. It's, like, <laughs> it's basically the Donald Trump <laughs> Epstein situation. Oh, where it's no. Like, oh, I don't know. He seems like a nice guy. And then it's like, there's a picture of them right there. We, we know that you know him. All right. Boy George wasn't lying to uh, us. Who played at Woodstock 99? Bush. Yeah, that's it. All right, that's the end wow. of the game. That was pretty fun. The whole thing, uh, premise was just so I could say who did nine eleven. That was. So I hope you guys. Oh, yeah, fine. that's yeah, what yeah, I was going to say. I think that's where you're. So, all right. Well, let me see if I got anything good. Uh, more good. Oh, did you did you see that? So Kate Bush had retired for a long time. She just wanted to stay away, and then they put out some like box set stuff and some other things. And it took two thousand and seven for somebody to finally get her to come out. And she recorded a song for the Golden Compass movie. Right? That was weird. Lyra, uh, which is a character in both the book and the film. And uh, it was nominated for not an uh, Academy Award for song, but some other, like, uh, Saturn Awards, I think is what it said. Something like that. Uh, but she did not win, I don't believe, but it was interesting. Yeah. Did you did you see about her song, uh, Heads, We're Dancing? She has a song called Heads, We're Dancing. And uh, it says, um, inspired by her own black humor, it is about a woman who dances all night with a charming stranger, only discover, only to discover in the morning that he is Adolf Hitler. I oh love that concept so oh much. What a it song. was so great. Oh she my. also wrote a song about the death of Houdini. Yeah. And he my, got punched in the gut. He did. My personal favorite, I found this today, and I'm so glad I found it. I want to play it for, on, on the show for everybody. Uh, this song is called Pie, and I'm gonna play a clip from the song Pie. Kate Bush sings over a hundred digits. I thought she was just going to start naming uh, Frank Sinatra's address. <laughs> I live at 3.14159265359. I couldn't remember what comes after that. That's, that's pretty fair. That's, a, that's more than I would have been able to do. I know 3.15. Hmm. Kate Bush also uh, trained at Goldsmiths College Karate Club, where her brother was a karateka. I don't know what that is. Probably a, a, some kind of sensei. She became known as Ee because of her squeaky kia. Oh, that would make sense. It would. That, she's pretty she squeaky. Is, she is pretty squeaky. She has some squeakiness to her to her vocals. She is squeaky. She needs some oil. If only there was somebody that would do something for oil. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's the wrong bush again. <laughs> Oh my! She also was on uh, 
the album The Seer by Big Country, singing the song The Seer with them. They're known for their hit In a Big Country, big fan of that group from, uh, I believe, Scotland. She also did a duet with Peter Gabriel on the song Don't Give Up, which was a, a relative hit. So she's interesting. She's, she is. She's an interesting artist. Tyler, I, I, I have one other thing I wanted to tell you, yeah. by the way, because I know this is this is something that you'd be excited about. I was watching the uh, the documentary, and of course, uh, the guy from Pink Floyd is on it. David Gilmore. David Gilmore. David Gilmore. Yeah. Um, Elton John mm-hmm. is on it, because Elton John also appreciates uh, Kate Bush. Yes, yeah, so but he, you know, she appreciates him too. But you know who else was on that documentary? Who? St. Vincent. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that makes she was, sense. She was very, she was very uh, highly praising Kate Bush. Well, that would make sense. Oh, absolutely. It fits quite well into it there. It very much does. Maybe I, one day she'll induct her into the Hall of Fame. Ooh. I would love that. She was nominated. She was that? in October 2017. But What happened, Jerks. guys? Jerk faces. Obviously, don't appreciate a good female vocalist who revolutionized art pop. That's right. I don't understand. It's kind of weird that, well, I don't know. It's whatever. You get nominated, but you can't win, but they get a whole bunch of people in one class, and then it's like, how long does it have to be before you're nominated again? You were good enough last year, but you're not good enough now. I think once you get nominated, once you're on the list, is that that not a thing? I don't know. You can get nominated, and then like you're just on it, and then you have to be voted in. Some people, I I can't remember who, somebody's been on there like a really, really long time as a nomination. I don't know. It's interesting. You know what was one thing that I found... And usually I, I like I don't care about this specific thing, mm-hmm. but I, I kept seeing it and it confused me. So I tried to look into it and I couldn't find anything. She's considered to be one of the biggest gay icons. Oh really? Hmm. But she's not gay. Yeah. Huh. Why how? Why? I don't understand that. I know that's what I was confused about. Like I, I kept seeking because I found it on multiple, Maybe, multiple different sources. I, I was looking into said like, like big gay icon, like very, very like important for the gay community, so on and so forth. And I was like, I, she, but I mean, she doesn't have any relationships to my knowledge with women. And so I, I looked know. into it, and like I found a list. There was a list that listed like some of the biggest female gay icons. Sure, Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Uh, Cher. I mean, like Madonna is kind of known. Madonna as that. was on that list, and you could like Lady Gaga too because she mm-hmm. talks about that in songs. So I mean, like you can be a, a an advocate for it and not necessarily sure. be mm. gay, right? So I I don't know if Kate Bush has advocated though. I have no. I didn't see anything about that. I didn't find anything. That was the thing where I like I, like I don't know if it's just like the fact that she's very flamboyant and artsy and so on and so forth that that just kind of. She does like to dance. She does like to oh, dance. Oh, here we go. Here's an article. What does it say? Attitude UK. Opinion. Why Kate Bush stands as an LGBT icon for 40 years on from Wuthering Heights. What's the answer? Matthew Braxton Barton explores how the queen of quirk left a lasting impact on the gay community. I don't know. I just found it. Hold on. Oh, my. Well, why don't we move on and then we can come back to you when you've read the article. It's nice you're doing your research right now. He didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring this I'm up. I'm finding an article in the moment of something we're speaking of right I now. was confused. I didn't find that article. Oh, right. my. Well, you I was looking. I didn't see it. Mm. Oh, no, it's so weird. She likes dancing so much that when she signed her first uh, record deal, she took the money that she got from it and um, uh, got into dance classes. 
which is very smart to basically reinvest in your own career. Like, you know, she didn't go out and buy a Maserati or something like that. Uh, she knows, you know, like if you're a performer and you sing, you should probably learn how to dance too. And she said, yes, I will spend my money to learn how to dance. She had already taken some dance lessons too. She was already like, a, you know, she had some grounding in dance mm. that was a big part of her performances she was actually the uh first or one of the very first artists to use a um handless microphone oh like a microphone that was actually mm. like uh they used like coat hangers to like attach it to her so that she could dance and do her choreography while performing the music and then if you uh go out to your car after the show and it's locked you can use the coat hanger to get get it unlocked too you know that's always it i I often find when my car is locked that i call kate bush and she will come and either she will use the coat hanger if that doesn't work she will use her voice as a powerful instrument to break the windows oh that's yes that's good that's a good idea Birds so you of got, Prey. You got anything? Yes. That's a movie we saw just two days ago. Yes, it is. You have... What, oh, boy. What's the answer, Tyler? Have you figured out the clues? You just don't run up the hill. I guess it's mostly just because she's so weird, is what it seems. See, that's what I... That's that's kind of what I gathered, and I was yeah. like, is that really, like, the way to... I mean... It, well, it seems like Not mostly, that I want to take her away, of, like, from the gay community. I love that she is, like, an icon for them. I just don't, I couldn't fully understand why. It just looks like, it looks like, it looks like that, like the fact that she was different and odd and then like became successful and also kind of like because of this lyrical content went places that other people were not going I guess that it seems like what I'm reading is that that's kind of what made her into into an icon of sorts. Kind Makes of sense. like a person who speaks for the people who are thought to be like, um, who are thought to be uh, like, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? People who are different, who, who society ignore and don't pay much attention to and that aren't under, are underrepresented. Yeah, kind of. But uh, that's not really what no, I'm trying to think of. Like, uh, like uh, weirdos. I don't know. I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of right now. I think I understand what you're saying. But it's like, because she's a person who is odd and different that normally people in society would probably, like, disregard, Mm. and she forced people to not disregard her. Mm. That makes sense. Gives a voice to other people who are different and not, you know, not accepted in society at the time. I like that answer. Plus, I guess that she... This mentions uh, a song, L'Amour Looks Something Like You. Yeah, that song off of the debut. I think I do, but I don't remember what it's about. I guess it's about incest. And this article says that it posits incest as a beautiful doomed quirk of nature. Oh, oh maybe that's on that's on the song called the Oh yeah, on the kick inside. That's the album. Oh no. And sings of unbridled physicality on the song Feel It. So it sounds like wow, kind of like that, that. The, the weirdness mixed with um having kind of obscure lyrical sexual content okay that doesn't necessarily fall into any type of societal bounds sure so there you go oh my well, fix, that answers fix that. all that so it's one answer i will do my best done uh you spoke earlier of uh elton john and uh kate bush likes elton john because she, she covered two of his songs there was a there was a magazine i believe maybe i, I think it was a magazine that voted her cover of rocket man as the best cover of all time 
Oh my! In like 2007. Really? All right, you gonna play that she yeah. stuff? an accordion in there there was her playing a ukulele wow that's a great cover well it's not on spotify so if you guys well that's surprising because try it, and get on there she, you can't find it she was invited to perform to do that cover um as part of an album in 1991 called the two rooms celebrating the songs of elton john and Bertie taupin hmm. so that's where that cover came from which i'm surprised wow. that that album which is a you know a tribute album is not on spotify i would agree fortunate at least they're recognizing that there's a man behind the man Mm -hmm. she put out um that as a single and then also she had candle in the wind and b-side the b-side which is good because that song uh isn't no who's that song about is that song about marilyn monroe we talked about this on Record Round. No, it isn't about Princess Diana. That's what I thought. So that would make sense because she's also from the UK. Yeah. Right. See, yeah, that's what I, it got confused. It all comes together. Yeah. There I know because when she when Princess Diana died, my mother bought me that album. I'm like, what oh, do I want? Yeah. I don't want. It really means a lot to me, Mom. Thank you, but also, you don't know me, musically. Yeah. Well, she's done lots of collaborations as well with all sorts of people, not just Elton John. You know, she's done stuff with other people. She also covered George uh, George Gershwin song. Mm. Who did think of that? That's kind of a weird thing for a pop artist to do, especially that late on. Cover Gershwin. It's late after the Gershwin boom in the fifties. You done messed up, but she didn't because people like it because she's Kate Bush. Kate Bush. We ready to transition to the other Bush? Yes. All right, let's do it. Great intro right there. Who? Yeah. Are you sinking in? All right. Bush. The post grunge yes. icons of the 1990s. Yes. One of the yeah. highest selling rock bands of the 90s. That's insane, really. That's true. It really is actually quite crazy. Also, 20 English... million records sold in the U.S. How many? Or no, worldwide. UK? Worldwide. Oh. 10 million in the U.S., 20 million uh, worldwide. They don't have as much success in the U.K. I found that interesting because uh, Kate Bush is effectively the opposite, really. Yeah, Kate true. Bush didn't have as much uh, you know, influence in the United States until much later, but was very, very popular in the U.K., and you know, Bush, obviously, no. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because genre-wise, like, you know, they came in at the perfect time. That's true. Yeah. Well... They capitalized on the perfect time. Yeah, just like Stone Temple Pilots. I don't know if that... Well, yeah, probably. A lot of people will say it. I don't know if I agree either, but people say it. They say it. I looked it all up Mm. once. Creed did the same thing. Yeah, they did. Listen, you leave Jesus out of it. That's right. 
So uh, Bush, I, they're I think they're I think they're pretty good. I've seen them live two times, uh, and they put on a decent show. They uh, they like rock music. They like they like rock music. They like a rock band that Tyler likes, the Pixies. That yeah, the most Gavin they, Ross, yeah, they argued exactly, the most wow. influential band to their music. They did. Oh, they're so dumb. They got you know together. who else did that? Yeah, who else did that? Who, who else has a quote that says, if there were no Pixies, there'd be no this band name? I don't remember. Kurt Cobain. Oh. If there were no Pixies, there'd be no Nirvana. He's oh. he's credited as saying that. Well, if there's no Nirvana, there's no Bush. Right, so they can shut up. It sounds like it wasn't. It was indirectly Pixies. I think they're, I think they're faking it. Gavin Rosdale and Nigel Pulsford, uh, the two uh, members of the band, two of the members of the band, Bonded over an appreciation of the American alternative rock group, the Pixies. I bet that they discovered Pixies because they listened to Nirvana. Yeah, probably. I bet they were like really reading into like Nirvana stuff and they're like, oh, they really like this Pixies band. So then they start looking at them and they're like, oh, they're pretty good too. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if like that was their introduction. If they, because like obviously, obviously their music is more influenced by a Nirvana sound than a Pixie sound. Mm -hmm. But. I don't. I'm not discrediting the fact that they might like Pixies, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's how they landed on them. Can you think of another UK-based grunge band? No. Or like, I mean, there's not very many UK-based alternative rock bands. No. Not a ton. No. I mean, really, it's because it, I mean they didn't become popular because of the fact that Britpop was so popular. Yeah. In the UK during that period of time. Yeah. They kind of had to just like adjust to being a US band. In a lot of ways, because their music just didn't really accommodate for where they were. I would say most people that that like or listen to Bush do not know that they are not from the United States. I would have never guessed it. Yeah. I would have never guessed that Kate Bush and Bush were from the same country. Yep. Not in a million years. Pretty crazy. True. Uh, in Canada, Bush uh, were forced to release their album 16 Stone under the name Bush X, because there's a Canadian band named Bush that still held the rights to that name in the Canadian market. And that happened twice. And so uh, they were like, hey, uh, let's work something out so that I can release this as my band name. So what they agreed to was Bush donated $20,000, the Bush... Uh, the, the you know and love. The UK band that uh, is popular in America uh, and has an album that they're trying to put out in Canada to not confuse anyone. And they donated $20,000 to two different charitable organizations. And then after that, all their albums could be called Bush. I, that was my favorite dispute I've ever heard in my entire life. Where it's like, yeah, you want to be Bush? Okay. We'll put your money where your mouth is and give money to charity. They're like, okay. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, I think that's I can so do great. That. I would love the idea. I'm that I have the Hollaback girl. I got that money. Mm. I would love to have the influence to be like, oh, yeah. you Like if somebody, if somebody ever decided to have a podcast called good band bad band mm -hmm. and they had to come to us be like hey we really want to be good band bad band I'd be like fine if you want to be good band bad band give us money donate twenty thousand dollars to charity we will not have you do it to charity we'll have you do it right to us send you it to would. our paypal you would yes. you selfish bastard um you know another thing another uh, group artist that influenced bush if you go to uh, the song "Everything's In" and the at thirty-eight seconds, see what you can see what you can hear. Mouse, cow, again, 
Play it again if you didn't hear it. I didn't. Mickey Mouse? That's what I heard, Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know it? Do I know Mickey Mouse? Come back up. That Mickey Mouse has grown up a cow is a lyric from Life on Mars by David Bowie. Oh, oh. you're right. I would not have that? thought about that line. How about that, guys? I would not have thought about that line. Both from the UK. How about that, too? Wow. Who do you think David Bowie likes more? He, Bush said, Dave, Bush? he said Dave right there, by the way. Ah, He's going to say Dave right after that. that. How about that? How about that? K. Bush. I, I agree. It's probably K. Bush. Yes. He probably chooses K. Bush, yes. So they had an album. Uh, their new album was going to... Uh, be influenced by Bush's presence on music festivals that were dominated primarily by metal bands. Mm-hmm. They they did the uh, the old the old thing that every band we've ever covered who does rock music does. Our next album <laughs> is gonna be heavier. It's he said he harder. he had specifically been listening to a lot more System of a Down during the writing process for that new album. So you want you. Why don't you play a tune from the new album? How about you play? Uh, how about you play? Bullet holes. Well, golly gee, doesn't that sound like something else, too? I got you guys, because play the next song in the playlist right there. This song is called Bullet the Blue Sky. sound familiar ah. i did it mm-hmm. i tri- that was who crazy. needs dads way to, yeah way that to was go. like a segue into three things right there here i was thinking that we did. weren't doing that sounds familiar anymore because dax left the show but guess what other people can read those articles too that's right <laughs> i want to point out that uh you know some other influences named by other members of the band okay because there are since other members. Since I'm trying to be, you're trying to put the pixies like this. Uh, the burden of Bush has to be on me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we also have some people, Bob Dylan. So it's also on you and PJ Harvey. So it's also I on know, you. I saw the so the two Harvey of you can too. suck it. Hopefully, 
It's all our faults. Sorry, world. We wholly apologize for Bush. Our bad. I love that those are our three artists. Pixies, PJ Harvey, and Bob Dylan. Bob yeah. Dylan. That is like truly like, yeah. Bush is just like, yeah, we like what good band, bad band people like. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. So Bush were around uh, for from like 94 until like two, two? 90, 2002. Is that right? Something like that. It was like I, 2002. Hold on. Let me find it. Because I had it pulled up here. I don't even know if it's still there. Damn it, it's not. Oh, no, here it is. Um, yeah, 2002. Good job. Thank you. So they were they broken up. They were together from 92 to 2002. And uh, then they decided to take a break or break up or whatever because they had not had very good album sales. They, they basically said that. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And so they split off. Um, the other members did some stuff. Uh, one guy played in the band Helmet. And uh, Gavin Rosdale did some stuff. He recorded a song, uh, a, a cover of J- uh, John Lennon, Mind Games, for an album. He uh, performed Bang a Gong, Get It On, with yep. Carlos Santana. Weird. He also sang, uh, at some point, with the Blue Man Group, which was very bizarre. Very weird. Uh, and then, also in 2008, released a solo album called Wonderlust, which uh, had the hit single... Uh, Love Remains the Same, which is a pretty decent pop song. You know, like super, like you wouldn't expect that song from the lead singer of the band Bush. No. It's very interesting. You missed it one band. He formed a band called Institute in 2004. Oh, that was okay. I I wasn't sure if that was at like after or before. Before me, it was before the solo career. Allow me to mention to you though that there yes, it was, it was yeah. There is a band currently named Institute. And this band is good. So don't if you see the band Institute and it's not the Gaffin Rochdale Institute, then you should listen to it. Okay. They're on sick. They're very good. They're not, they don't suck. Okay. They're punk and such. But also on his debut album, his only solo album, Wonderlust, there's a song called Another Night in the Hills that features backing vocals by none other than Katy Perry. That was weird. Uh, I put the it in the playlist. I did not hear her. Like, I mean, which is good because she's backing. Yeah. But sometimes you can hear some, like, uh, sometimes you can hear somebody as the backing vocalist, uh, in the movie, uh, what's that movie with, uh, Jennifer Hudson? Oh man. What is that movie called? With Beyonce's in it. Dream girls. She was the backing vocalist and she was prominent and then she became the face. If you watch that movie, you should, you should. It's a good one. She's good. Yeah, the Katy Perry thing was the one that stood out to me the most for sure. Yeah, of his solo album, that was that was an odd thing. I mean, it makes sense, I guess, because of the I, maybe the influence of like a Gwen Stefani at that point in time. I, I I don't really know, but yeah, it's weird because so that album, the Sixteen Stone, their debut album, has five or four of the five songs that are their biggest songs. And I was like, when Caleb uh, put the songs in the playlist, I was like, we got to have more songs than four songs from one album. Right. So I added some other stuff too. But really, like, I thought I knew. Predominantly the Blue Man group work. Yeah, that was good. Uh, But, like, I thought that I knew more of their songs from other things. But literally, I only know songs from that album because all their top hits are from that album. Right. Come Down, Everything's In, and Glycerine are, like, really big hits. Machine Head was a pretty big hit, too. But then they were just never able to do anything else like hit wise after that. The song Swallowed was on their next album, uh, Razorblade Suitcase, produced by uh, Tyler's favorite producer, Steve Albini, as I mentioned previously. Yes. Yeah. 
I will say it's quite good. Bush does have one thing over Kate Bush for me. Oh yeah, it's a very important thing. Okay, they were on The Simpsons. Oh yes, uh, their that... song was featured on The Simpsons. One of my personal favorite episodes of The Simpsons. Actually, it's the episode I've talked about previously. It is the episode in which Homer is effectively playing the part of Kurt Cobain, mm-hmm. and um, he's like there. He's living through the whole life of Nirvana, basically. And there's a point in the episode where he uh, is he's written a song for Marge and he's performing it on TV and she's watching it and she's like, homie, oh, homie. I paid for her dreams. She taught me to cry like watery knives, like rain from my eyes. I can't believe you're not mine. I can't believe you're not mine. Hard to read. Hard to read. That is good. It is a, it is a great, great Simpsons reference. It's so difficult. That's a really good. I was looking on uh, the, like, look to see, like, other people sampling stuff and, and stuff like that. I could not find any. There's a couple rap things that were really bad. There's one where this guy... Uh, just had the song playing at the beginning for a minute. Uh-huh. And then he does a freestyle rap, but then changes the beat. So it's not that song anymore. So it was like, why did you even play a minute of, of Bush? It just didn't That's make just any... a waste of time. It was weird. Hmm. But um, but yeah, I saw Margarine by The Simpsons. I just laughed so hard. It's so good. And I pulled it up and I laughed even more. It was uh, great. Homer gets really into it too. Yeah. He's really, really shouting it. I honestly might be a better song than Bush. It's great. It, mm. Listen, listen. If I had to say who the good band is, it's Sadgasm. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. During their 1999 uh, Woodstock performance, uh, they covered the one I love by REM, which is pretty interesting. Um, that performance, so that album uh, that Steve Albini produced did not do very well, but because of their Woodstock performance. The album had better sales because, mm. like, people enjoyed seeing that performance, and it helped to garner them better than kind of like people probably forgot about them, and they're like, "Hey, this album sucks." And then they saw them live. I'm like, "Okay, they're not too bad." If only we could have live performances now. I know. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. <laughs> um, music is it's not. There's nothing. There's no. That's not real. Music is not real, according to somebody doing a music podcast. <laughs> Got to keep it... Uh, this just in. It's on edge, Jared. Keep us there. Um, the music video for the song Letting the Cable Sleep, which came out in 2000, was directed by Joel Shoemaker, very very uh, prominent, popular film director who did uh, St. Elmo's Fire, uh, The Lost Boys, and he just died. You, you mentioned June 20 seconds. seconds. That's unfortunate. He's a good man. I shouldn't I shouldn't just gloss over the the passing of a man. Um, <laughs> I almost here's did. something I can't understand how you gloss over the, the killing of a man. <laughs> Anyways, oh um, speaking of film, yes, Gavin Rosdale oh. does have a not prominent role in yeah. filmography, but uh-huh. he's done some things. He was in Zoolander. Hmm. Uh, my personal favorite was the, that he was, was it Criminal Minds that he was on where he played a rock star who plays like a vampiric, vampiric 
a vampiric, vampirical vampirical character uh, that's linked to a bunch of uh, uh, murders involving exsanguination. Okay. One of my favorite words. That's a good word. Exsanguination for anybody, because uh, this podcast is actually a more of a. a a dictionary podcast if you haven't yeah this is more about learning and words turn it off learning if you you care to listen to anything musical Uh exsanguinate to drain of blood oh i already i know that exsanguinate he he i just listened to that on a on a crime show did you recently or yeah or somewhere like that i believe like the bodies were exsanguinated oh I think that he was an iced tea. Uh, was, it was probably was, except he said it a little differently than that. I think he played the character of Dante, which is interesting because it's like you know Inferno and stuff. Yeah, what in Constantine? No, 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 in Criminal Minds. Oh, uh, he was in Constantine. Yep, as Balthazar. The movie. Yep. Wow. And he was in Zoolander. Keanu Reeves totally the second one, not the first one. Yeah, Constantine the first one. No, 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 Zoolander. Zoolander. Yeah, the first Zoolander. Sorry. Trying to trying to follow along here. He also played the character of Random in the movie Little Black Book, a uh, rom rom com from '04, starring Brittany Murphy. Yeah, who oh, is, she's great, isn't she? She's also, also in Eight Mile. Yeah, also the voice of Luann in King of the Hill. Oh yes, nice. So be aware. Who was he in Zoolander? You know who would love hearing that? Gavin Rossdale. Who was who was he in Zoolander? He was Gavin Rossdale. He played himself. Yeah, I don't remember that part. Yep. I don't remember that part either. That sounds sad. I don't think I want to watch the movie anymore. That's fair. Um, he also is mentioned in a... I don't know if he has a physical cameo, but in Portlandia they mentioned him because Gwen Stefani has a cameo. Oh, ah, And nice. they ask about Gavin. Oh, my. I'm sure she liked that a lot. It was Well, I mean, Portlandia started prior to 2016, so prior oh, to their divorce. Well, thank even. God. It's what killed it. Is it? I don't know. That'd be yeah, I heard me. that the, the Gwen Stefani... Appearance on Portlandia was the major rift that came between them. Oh, good. Because they they separated for um, you know in, uh, pro, uh, just problems. You in, know, in in something different, inconsolable. I believe no, that's not the word. I don't yeah, know that's what, that's it. That's it's got to be. That's always it's not the inconsolable. Word. Well, what happened was when she came back from the episode, she asked Gavin Rosdale to put a bird on it, uh, and he wouldn't do it. Oh uh, well, I thought what it was was that they because they asked how Gavin was, uh-huh. and so she went home and she was like, "Hey, they were asking how you are in Portlandia," and he just broke down. He was like, "I'm not doing well," and then he just oh, no. he just started pouring his yeah. heart out. And then and she said something. Was like, I think she kind of said something kind of like, "I have enough problems in my life without having to listen to you whine about this, Gavin." Every time that he whined, you know what she said? What's that? Don't speak. Don't speak. <laughs> That's right. She also told him that she's just a girl. Just a girl. There's no way. Quit to, being just a girl. Just a girl. You know, Kate Bush is just a girl. That's not very nice. You watch your damn mouth. All right. So, wow. uh, I would like you to play. She is not just a girl. My favorite Bush she song. Is an LGBT icon. That's right. Favorite Bush song. Um, it is. So the song by is is Come Down. Yeah, my that's favorite my song. favorite as well, Jerry. But I would like you to play a cover done by one of my favorite bands, Mayday Parade. Mayday Parade. Uh, it's a good cover. It's on a Punk Goes. What? What? Which one is Punk it? Goes Nineties Volume Two? Yeah, Punk Goes. Vo- Punk, Punk Goes Nineties. That's really a. That's really a disc. Tune. They, yeah. So Punk Goes has. You know what Punk else is on there? Crunk, I know that. I know pop, it. I know it. Punk has. Goes. We're gonna 90s, do a show about it. Punk someday. Goes Acoustic. That's right. They've done a lot. Listen, I know that, but I. But my question is why? There's a because cover, none of them are punk. There's a I cover know. of Lit on this album by a band called Get Scared of My Own Worst Enemy by Lit, a good band, bad band alum. There's a cover of Smash Mouth's All Star on there. 
Okay. There's a cover by... Smashing Pumpkins on there by Yellow Card. There's all kinds of stuff on here. Who did Yellow the All-Star Card... cover? What? Who did the All-Star cover? Yeah. It's ma- uh, Chunk No Captain Chunk. Oh, you're not going to mention Chunk No Captain Chunk? No, that's yeah, too how long. How can you not, not mention hey, Chunk now. No Captain Chunk? The Foo Fighters They're cover. an All-Star. The Foo Fighters are a punk band uh, covering the 90s? No, the Color Morale covered oh, okay. Everlong. Okay. They're still not. And, and then Nothing. Nine Inch Nails was covered by Asking Alexandria. What was Some it? of the initial Punk Goes albums had actual punk bands like Newfound Glory and stuff, uh-huh. but like all of the later Punk Goes it's albums. It's people that were just, on the label that put out the album. I know. You're, Do you understand? That? But they could have just said like Metalcore Goes, what you and needed, it would have been more accurate. Yeah, if you wanted. Um, a good punk compilation. You should have looked for the Punkoramas. Those are the good ones. Those are good. You ever listen to? I had more. I had quite a few of those. Those are quite tasteful. Then get the uh, Doctor Demento com- one. As compared to your. Oh, there you go. May the parade come down. I don't want to come back down from this cloud. It's taken me all this, all this time. Yeah, you looked at Punk Goes 90s Volume 1? Yes. That's did like you the- know March of the Pigs is on there? I did. Yeah. That's an interesting choice. It is. It's Who did it again? May. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Plain White Tees did one. This is just... I don't want to look at these anymore. I don't want to look at any cover. I don't really understand how on Punk Goes 90s Volume 2 we just listened to in 2014... One of the bands that you mentioned was Yellow Card. What what is Yellow Card doing as a punk band in 2014 recording for Punk Goes 90s? What They're is still they were still signed to Fearless Records oh at the time, goodness. and that's that's the record label that put it out. That's what it is. Are we ready to vote? I am ready to vote. Any other uh, factoids? I don't believe so. Bush did some covers too, but uh, I can do, I'll briefly yeah, gloss run, run over through them. them. They did a cover of Level Terrors Apart. They also did a cover. Of landslide, uh, landslide, yes, and they did a cover of Allison Chains, which we mentioned before, with the lead singer of Breaking Benjamin. The song is Wood, and they did it live in Reno. Oh boy! So I think that's about it. Uh, I will start the voting uh, process. They also covered Don't Dream It's Over. Um, I will say uh, Bush is the winner. I will vote next because I am the most obvious vote of all. Kate Bush is, of course, one of the most influential female artists of all time. If I were to pick Bush, I would be, how I would say, wrong. I will vote third and hurry up and jump in here before Dax gets in here and tries to vote in front of me. How dare he? Because now I'm going to vote. Because that's how it works here. That way that I get the final say. I don't care what you have to say about it. This is a pretty difficult one because uh, I don't really care for Bush. They're okay. But I don't really care that much. And Kate Bush, I have not really listened to very much previously. So it's kind of a difficult choice. But if I had to choose one, Jared already knows I'm going to probably choose have to choose Kate Bush. Yep. Uh, Jared already predicted it, and so I know I already didn't want to have to vote. All right. Because he did, and that's I, uh, not fun. He took it. I uh, sent a message to former uh, member, or not former member, former guest on the show, David, because I knew he appreciated Kate Bush. I said, hey, David, how do you feel about uh, Kate Bush or the band Bush, and he said, "I hate Bush the band. I like Kate Bush." Uh, she he said uh, she got she has to be tired of uh, all that running up a hill is what he said. Darn right. But he said that uh, he likes to put on Wuthering Heights on repeat, 
and uh, that uh, he he's liked her since you know 1997 and up, growing up. Saint Vincent said on the documentary that uh, she would always do Wuthering Heights uh, for karaoke if she would get drunk enough. Oh my, that's pretty wild. Would you look at that? It's not on my. Is it on either of your karaoke lists? No, I'd no. never even heard it's it not before. On mine this week, I don't think. I'd like to do Babushka. That's pretty good. I don't know about babushka, that one. Babushka, Babushka. That reminded me of Mamushka from the Adams Family. Yeah, when they did that fight ah. scene. So, all right. Well, we voted. Yes, I will say. Oh yeah, I'd like to. I, I we I will. I think this is a show where we should be candid. And as mentioned previously at the beginning of the show, Dax has indefinitely left the show. And I will again be candid, he was the one who was in charge of posting on Patreon. So we did not post a poll on Patreon, and we apologize for that. So we are sorry to our listeners, but we would like to offer you something in return for our mistake. And what we are going to do is going forward, we will be posting polls, and we will be more often giving the option to listeners to make selections for what they would like to hear us cover. So if you are a listener of this podcast and you would like to have your say not only in who is the good band and who is the bad band, but which bands we cover, please join us on patreon.com slash record roundtable. And we appreciate your support. You should also just join because we need we need the we money. need the money so bad. Oh, it needs my. money. We're all so awful. poor. This I don't know awful. if you know this or not, but the uh, the resources required to record this show mm. take up a certain amount of of Tyler of monthly monetary burns. income. Tyler's just burning that gas. And let me just tell you that the amount of money we receive on Patreon pays for a portion of the energy it costs. To record these shows. Thank you very much. You have a wonderful day, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you for power. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band. Let us know who you think is the good band on Patreon.com, on Facebook.com, on uh, our website. You can email us. You can even call us and leave us messages, I think. I don't know where uh, some people have been doing that. A man that's trying to do a construction job. <laughs> he's will, called us a number of times. He will never get done. It's gonna have to. He's gonna have to get someone else to do it. Anyways, uh, next week we're doing Adele, the funky Homo sapien. It's Adele, the other British singer, and a, and Adele, the funky Homo sapien, a, a hip hop star. Check it out. Goodbye. No one could we be haven't that, replaced No one him. could be that silent.